0: All right, we're back with another episode of Eat, Sleep, Bedlam. Uh, We did say on Sunday that this was going to be an episode uh, possibly with 24-7 sports um, guy to talk about OSU recruiting, but that's actually going to be Sunday. Landon's recorded it, but it's going to be ready for Sunday Um, instead. Since we got all three of us together, we thought we would just do a podcast because Landon's going to be gone anyways. So uh, let's go into the strength of schedule. Um, I believe it was CBS Sports uh, released the strength of schedule and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State come in dead last in the whole conference. Um, understandably so. Obviously, OU going to the SEC, they lost Georgia as a non-conference opponent and had to replace that with SMU, who lost a ton of talent. Actually, yeah. wrote an article about them today, and they're like 117th in returning talent out of 130 teams. So yeah. it's not the same SMU um as years past, even though they went seven and six last year. So but still, when you replace Georgia with SMU, your 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 schedule's going to drop a little bit. But you also, you don't have to play, you know, Baylor, Kansas State, some of the teams that have given you issues, Texas Tech, a team on the mm-hmm. rise. Uh, Zach, what was your thoughts when you saw the list?
1: Yeah, like you said, OU really doesn't have that tough of a schedule. Um, if anything, they don't even have to be great, and they can probably still win nine games. Um, yeah. But it's not it's not anything that Oklahoma did as a football team. Like you said, the SEC wouldn't allow OU to play Georgia because they couldn't do the home and away deal or home and home. And so you take that off, you add SMU, and then the Big 12 picked all of your opponents for this season with the expansion of the Big 12. So it's not like OU went in and said, hey, we don't want to play Kansas State, we don't want to play Baylor, who are two teams that OU really has struggled with as of late. So – most of the teams on the schedule, every team on the schedule is beatable for Oklahoma. Obviously, you've got Texas, um, mm-hmm. and I don't. Are, are you want me to run through each game?
0: Yeah, you can go through it.
1: So start off with Arkansas State. Um, if OU loses that one, I'm just going to not watch football <laughs> the rest of the season. So, They're bad. Um, bad, bad. yeah, Arkansas State is not a very good football program, no. so they should win that. SMU, I could see them giving Oklahoma troubles early um, but SMU lost a lot from their team last year too obviously they lost their quarterback Tanner Mordecai who goes to Wisconsin um, so o- Oklahoma should win that one pretty easily too I don't see that being much of a contest then you go to Tulsa Tulsa's Tulsa I feel like they kind of give you a little scare in the first quarter or so and they then... always give
0: us problems and that's that's <laughs> basically going to be a home game every time we go to Tulsa it's all yeah OU they just fans. right
1: so you got that game Again, can't lose that game. That that's an easy win. So you start off the season three and zero before you go into conference play, and then you go to Cincinnati. A lot of people are saying Cincinnati could be a little trap game because Oklahoma hasn't played at Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati's new to the Big Twelve. I'm not buying it. I think OU takes care of business easily. They lose a ton. They lose their
0: coaching staff. I mean,
1: yeah, it's a it's a different Cincinnati team than what went to the college football playoff couple years ago so I don't see Oklahoma struggling at all with Cincinnati and then Iowa State comes to Norman Iowa State's probably very similar to last year uh, but they did lose a couple of their big guys on defense so I don't see Iowa State really even though they gave us a good game last year I don't know that they'll their offense will be able to keep up with Oklahoma this year especially with Oklahoma's defense you know being improved um then the next game you got texas i think this is the toughest game on the schedule i think majority of people would agree that this is going to be the toughest game on the schedule Um, i would love to pick ou to win it i don't think it's facetious or anything like that to say there's my big word for the day jern um i don't think it's crazy to say that oklahoma would win it i don't see oklahoma winning it i think texas turns the corner this year i think sarkeesian what is it his third or fourth year now
2: finally figures out how to be a head coach yeah, yeah he, I mean, hey. last
1: year, last year they really put it to they really looked good against Alabama. When Ewers gets hurt, uh, they lose that game, and then Ewers I don't feel like was healthy the rest of the season. He had some good games, but you could tell that he wasn't, you know, completely there. Um, they lose Bijan, but they've been bringing in the top running backs in the class almost every class almost every year. I mean, so I, I saw thing the other day, and they've had at least one the ranked one through five running back. In like the last three or four classes are going on to the next three or four years, too. So, I think Oklahoma drops that game. Unfortunately, I think Texas wins that game. So, you heard uh,
0: it here first. Zach says Texas is back. That's big. Yeah, don't. Yeah,
2: that's,
1: <laughs> that's old, Sam Ellinger's favorite saying. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, you, you start the year or you get halfway through the year right there with one loss against Texas. Um, then you come back to Norman, you play UCF. I think they have a little fire under them after losing to Texas. I think they handle business pretty easily. I think UCF is all right. I don't think that they're going to be good enough to really give OU troubles, especially in the trenches.
0: And don't they have a bye week before UCF? Yeah.
1: Uh, yes. Hmm. So. You, no, they don't.
0: Is it? Okay, maybe it's later.
1: Yeah, the bye week is between... Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, the 14th okay. is a bye week, so that's okay. Point. So yeah,
0: yeah. So that will help coming also. off the bye
1: week. Yeah. Then they go to Lawrence. I think this will be a kind of a closer game. I, I know a lot of people are like, it's Kansas. It's Kansas, and you try to explain to them, well, Kansas looked a lot better last year, and you know whatever. But I think I love their coach. If Jalen Daniels is healthy, that team is they they can upset anyone. Well, they're I mean,
0: they're number one in the nation in terms of returning production in the whole country. They return the most production. Um, so to go along with Jalen Daniels, so yeah,
1: so but overall, I don't think Oklahoma drops it as long as OU shows up to play. And I feel like Brent Venables gets his guys up for these games. If you look at his defense again when he was with Clemson, when they played nobody's, they it wasn't like they really had that sit down game. I'm not saying they were perfect all the time, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, I feel like. And I'm not, this isn't the hate Lincoln Riley show, I promise. But I feel like with Lincoln, you would have those games where you would play to the level of your competition. And I don't think this is that type of team. I think yeah. that OU will be able to run the ball, they'll be able to control the clock, and they'll be able to stop Kansas. So I think they win that game. It's probably a little bit closer than what I'm thinking, but I think they win that pretty easily. Then you go into Bedlam. This is no shot at Oklahoma State. This is no shot at Landon, but I think Oklahoma State's going to be a very bad football team this year. I think they I have lost. No idea. They could
2: be the best team. They could be the worst team. And it <laughs> would surprise me.
1: Right. I hope, I, I truly hope that they are not the worst team in the Big 12. I hope that they're at least, you know, competitive enough to make Bedlam fun. We need uh,
2: one last really good Bedlam. We do. Know?
1: And it's in Stillwater. Well, we would
2: have had like... one if, you only y'all had manned up and just left the Big 12 when you talked about it. Right. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. But I, yeah, I don't see. I don't see Oklahoma not showing up for a rivalry game. And right now, just looking at the depth charts, I think Oklahoma is superior to Oklahoma State as far as talent goes. Uh, which
2: they always are. <laughs> that,
1: that is true. That is true. The breaking uh, we'll, news, they we'll recruit see. better. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> we'll see how Bowman does at quarterback for Oklahoma State. You know, if he can step into that type of offense and really start slinging it, I think that they could be dangerous. Um, but they they lost a lot too. So we'll, we'll see what – happens there but i think OU wins that game so you're going into west virginia you got three games less and you've only lost one game so far um west virginia i think after last year them beating us in morgantown i think oklahoma wins by a couple touchdowns in that game i don't think OU struggles there they
0: should because that's going to be the worst team in the big 12 yes i agree yeah
2: most then
1: likely. they go to provo utah which me and jaron will be there um it's going to be a fun time looking forward to that they play at BYU. Everyone says this is a trap game, and I 100% see why. Um, I think OU loses this game or the next game, which we talk about. Why I chose the other one, I'll let you know here in a second, but I think BYU plays OU really, really tough, and OU wins late. Um, I don't think BYU comes into this game ranked. I don't think that they're going to be you know, a top twenty-five, top thirty-five team in the country, because I think they dropped some early. But I think that they're good enough, especially on their home field. We've seen it in the past couple of years against Baylor. When they show up to play, they're they're a good football team. My worry with them is they lost their quarterback from last year, who I feel like was the heart of that team. Like he was just the energy, like really got them going. But I can't think of their coach. I freaking love that guy though. He cracks me up on the sideline. He just his energy is awesome. But I think OU wins that game late. You know, maybe one score, and then TCU. I think OU loses to TCU again. Um, I would like to say we get some revenge on them. And maybe going into this game with one loss, knowing a Big Twelve championships on the line, you have a little bit more incentive. But I picked OU to lose uh, two, three games this year, and I only ended up with two when I ran through this. So I can't say, yeah, OU's going to win this and then only have them losing one. So I got to say they drop one to TCU. I think Chandler Morris is a good quarterback. I think TCU thought Chandler Morris was better than Max Duggan going into last year because Chandler was the starter. So Chandler gets hurt in that first game. Uh, or Yeah, it was the first game. Yeah, first, first, yeah, first
0: quarter. First game.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so he gets hurt in the first game last year and – doesn't play the rest of the year cuz Max Duggan comes in and has a Heisman campaign type of season. But I think Chandler Morris is plenty good. OU fans probably remember him, he played for Oklahoma, was recruited by Lincoln Riley. There's a little bit of drama there, but they get that. I always forget his name. I always talk about him, but the running back, he's a transfer from Alabama. Um, oh, Trey Sanders. Trey Sanders. He yeah. was highly recruited. He is a good running back. I think he will fit that system well. Um You lose a guy like Quentin Johnson as far as TCU goes, but they had guys elsewhere that could catch the ball and run too. So and I feel like TCU is always that team that just has a scrappy defense. For whatever reason, they just always find those guys that it was Gary Patterson
2: was the reason why. Yeah,
1: it was. But but you look at them last year and they were still really good last year. Well, I mean those were still still his guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I honestly I don't think Kansas State only loses one two games i think they've probably lost
2: deuce they're going over (laughs) yeah
1: i think because a lot of people are saying if ou loses two games big 12 championship will end up being texas and kansas state i personally think ou and texas are going to play again in the big 12 championship and then i have ou beating texas in the big 12 championship i know things have to happen within that schedule i've looked at it i've seen the scenarios but that's where i'm coming from right now
0: See, I just don't know how good Kansas State's going to be. They're losing Deuce. They're losing a lot of some of the offensive line. They lost their best
2: defensive player. Yeah, uh, they lost their two best defense players. The yeah, uh, uh, I forget how to say his last name. Ezucama, I don't remember the yeah first part of the hyphen. Uh,
0: and uh, Brent's yeah. the corner. Yeah, yeah, lose them both. Lose Deuce was everything for their offense. And I'm still not sold on Will Howard. I know he played great either. at times. I mean, he lit but... us
2: up, but I mean, that wasn't saying <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: last year. <laughs> I mean, i just not sold. So we'll see what they do. I have OU losing two as well, but I think they lose either to BYU or Kansas at, over TCU. Um, now, I will say about TCU, I see a lot of people talk about them going to be really down, and I get it. They're losing a lot of production from mm-hmm. last year's team, offensively, defensively, but – and I know Gary Patterson was a big reason why TCU was always yeah. good, but there was a lot of people last year who didn't think TCU was going to be that good. I saw that. You were, mean everybody? Well, yeah, they were picked <laughs> like, I think seventh in the conference and they end up it's going yeah. undefeated, which made sense preseason. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens. Cause this is the second year um, with their new coach. And, you know, I never like to judge a coach on their first year, whether they're really good or really bad because you're coaching the other uh, yeah. coaches players. And if they're developed correctly, like Gary Patterson, you're going to have a lot of success. If they're not mm-hmm. developed correctly, like Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley, you're not going to have as much success. Lincoln did a great job developing the offense, but a lot of the offense left. But the defense was not developed well at all, and we saw that last year. But I think they lose too. But, Landon, what do you think about Oklahoma State's schedule? I th- I, uh, real quick, I think that Arizona State game is interesting now, whereas it wasn't interesting a while back. But new coaching yeah. staff, they bring in that uh, quarterback, I think Rashada who was the highly yeah. talented one that went from Florida, Florida, Florida Miami, Miami to <laughs> Florida
2: to now, to, yeah, that's a, everywhere.
0: That's an a, a interesting one, especially if it's a late night game out mm-hmm. there. We'll see.
2: Yeah, I mean, the whole schedules, I don't know. I mean, it really depends on what kind of team Oklahoma State has. There's so many new people that it's hard to even get a read on what's going to happen. Uh, the good things are, you know, majority of the conference games are at home, only have to go on the road four times. Yeah. but two of those are Ames and Morgantown, which are two places you don't like to go. Uh, only play only trip to Texas is Houston. you know, so you avoid Texas, Baylor and Texas Tech. so I mean that's all uh, good for Oklahoma State too. Um, you know I don't really have a read on what could happen like I said, I could see this team winning four games I could see them winning ten. It just kind of depends on the changes in the offense. what happens does the three three five do those guys click? I mean, it's a whole new team, so it's really hard to say one way or the other what's going to happen week to week until, you know, get a couple games on film to where we actually can see what these players are looking like out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, like, and you don't play any of the t- we lost Zach for a second. He'll be back, but we lost um, you lost your Texas schools, uh, yeah. or you're not playing any of them except for Houston, correct? You're not, not playing any of the original, no uh, four or whatever it yeah, is. I
2: think we're the only team playing all four newcomers. Yeah. So, I mean, that'll be interesting. We do have to go play UCF, which, I mean, who knows what that's going to be like. Is that on the road? I haven't even looked. Yeah. Houston and UCF, the four conference road games, Iowa State, West Virginia, UCF, and Houston. So, get to travel to two of the newcomers, see what so, happens there. So,
0: if you were going through your wins and losses, what are you What are you thinking?
2: I mean, I'd say probably eight wins is probably about where I'm picking it. Um which ones? It you know we will win a couple we shouldn't and lose a couple we shouldn't. That's just kind of what. what Kansas happened. Kansas State. We should have a good idea by the time y'all play them
0: yeah, how good we, they actually are. Now they might have the best coach in the whole conference though. They could
2: very well could. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kansas get, will Kansas, be interesting. I mean, but you one, get them at home, so that helps. Cincinnati, yeah, I you get like, at home. Don't like going to Morgantown, but like you said, West Virginia probably the worst. Yeah, like, team in the conference. Cincinnati I think should be a win they I mean a whole new pretty much over the last two years they turned over their entire team and coaching staff so you know y'all play Oklahoma obviously November 4th but outside of that
0: your November depending on what BYU ends up doing your November shaping up to be a pretty good month in terms of you know you at UCF at Houston I don't think Houston will be very good UCF we'll see how good they are um but going going to Ames and then following that with Kansas State.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a – we do have a bye week there. So, I mean, that'll – Yeah. It, it's weird not seeing Texas on your schedule. It is. But, you know, I kind of like how uh, we won the last two against them. You know, let yeah. them take that with them to the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the last one they played was
0: pathetic, you know, against y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what your most difficult
2: stretch would be. I mean, I would yeah, assume I, it's the like Iowa I say, State. Kansas it's, State, Kansas, but there's a buy in between. So there's a buy, and then you go to West and you start that off with South Alabama, and then West Virginia is right after it. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird schedule. We yeah. don't know anything about what Oklahoma State's going to be this year. It, it's it's it, just a hard to get your head around what could happen. Well, and it's looking
0: like one of those schedules that you know, even if y'all aren't great, you could muster out seven wins just yeah, because I think you're seven, really tough. Op- yeah. Your tough opponents come after some easier games. You don't really mm-hmm. have a stretch of two or three in a row that you play that are really, really tough. Yeah. Uh, like the Arizona re- state game is iffy, but you're playing Central Arkansas, Arizona State, South Alabama. And so you're Arizona not be looking ag- up looking ahead to anything. Yeah, and
2: Arizona State has been such a train wreck over the last like 4 yeah. years. I mean, are they going to have all of their problems fixed 2 weeks into a new season? Well, and was it was the game versus you all last year where it
0: came out that coaches were leaking the play the <laughs> game plan to the opposing team because they leaked yeah. it to Oklahoma State and that's how it got out. So yeah. I now don't that know that coaching staff
2: it. is gone, but yeah, like I said, I've said this like on every little position preview we've done. I mean, I don't know what to make of this team. And say what you will about the high end with Gundy. You know, what is his upside? We kind of know what the floor is. It's six to seven wins. And yeah. I assume that's kind of that is barrel, you know, bottom of the barrel, what we did, six wins. My guess is an eight to nine win year. What those eight to nine wins are going to be? I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I would guess the seven to eight
0: range off the top of my head. Yeah. Obviously, we'll see how the quarterback play. That's my biggest question mark. Yeah, I mean Both the,
2: them and the offensive line. We'll see how that ends up playing out. Yeah. But, quarterback and defense. I mean, those are what's yeah. gonna hand joint. I mean, that's what this team's hung its hat on the Yeah, last and game. losing and Mason now it's
0: losing Mason off. Cobb was a big loss for your That defense. one hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and you lost um Brock Martin. So you lost some of your we'll defensive lost grandpa Mark. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You lost some of your key defensive line players too. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, real quick. Want to give a quick nugget on Oklahoma softball. Um, Patty Gasso tweeted on Monday, uh, go boomer. So it means there's some kind of commitment. Uh, the theory right now is it's Peyton. I think her name is Peyton Monticelli, which is uh, I think that's how you say it. she's a pitcher. <laughs> she played one year at Wisconsin played last year. Uh, she went seven and four had like a two nine one ERA mm-hmm. or something like that. But I mean, she's young, talented. She was a true yeah. freshman last year. So we'll see what happens there. I know they did have the Indiana transfer, the the I think her name's Taylor Kern, uh, who was a freshman All-American mm-hmm. hit like the third most home runs. They have yeah. her on campus, so it could be her. Mm-hmm. Um, But everything I'm seeing is it's a pitcher. So that would be. Uh, Monticelli. So yeah, we'll see what happened. I know they had the Vodder girl who was all American at at Stanford on campus um, last week or a couple days ago. I can't remember. Um, so, but I heard it's not her. So we'll we'll see what uh what ends up happening there. But that's something to keep an eye on. Maybe you know we're recording this on a Tuesday because we have to get it up by tomorrow. So maybe it pops today, and by the time yeah. we this comes out tomorrow, we don't. It's already out there. But that's just something to look ahead to. But. All right, let's, uh, let's break down the defensive line. Um, All right. Give Zach a little more time. Let's let you go first on Oklahoma State.
2: Okay, great, because uh, I have a lot of little things here. So, mm-hmm. like we've mentioned a million times, you know, new defense coordinator, new scheme, It's Brian Nardo coming from Gannon, which didn't know was a school until uh, yeah. he came over. I looked up some of his stats, you know, kind of what to expect from that defense and, you know, kind of focused on things that the defensive line would control. I uh, allowed about 103 rushing yards a game, three sacks a game and seven tackles for loss a game, you know, and uh, pretty much all of them were in that top 20 to top 40 range for division two, kind of depending on which one it was and compared to Oklahoma state stats last year, they allowed 178 rushing yards a game, which is not what you want to do. You had to go to like the fourth page on uh NCAA stats to find that. That's not where yeah. you want to be. Uh, <laughs> and two sacks a game and 7.4 tackles per loss a game. So about that and then on to the players it's a whole new group up front essentially Colin Oliver has moved to linebacker I mean I'm sure he'll still rush the passer probably half the time but he's no longer considered a defensive lineman Uh, as far as the people who will have their hands in the ground the big one both literally and figuratively is Justin Kirkland he's a sophomore transfer from Utah Tech 6'4 346 so we have a nose tackle we have a yeah. true nose tackle. Finally, after all these years of having these undersized guys, we got the big man in the middle, uh, his freshman stats, 18 solo tackles, two sacks and six tackles for loss, which, I mean, those are great numbers for a big, big nose tackle, putting up yeah. that kind of stuff uh, on one side of him is going to be Anthony Goodlow, a Tulsa transfer, big guy, six five, two eighty five. not really your pass rusher, only 12 sacks in his career. Uh, but, you know, with the three, th- three down mind, men, they're more of a control the line you're not really expecting any of them to bend around the corner as yeah, far okay. as who's lining up on that other defensive end. That hasn't really come out yet. There's a bunch of people. My guess is it's going to be a combination of Nathan Latu and uh, Cody Walterscheid. Um, those guys have experience both on the bigger side. And you kind of wonder, we had some of those smaller defensive tackles like Xavier Ross, who's six four, ish. Another guy, six Aiden Kelly, 6'2", are they going to, you know, maybe shift outside and kind of control the outside? Or are they going to go with some of the smaller guys to try to rush the passer who are in the 250 range? I mean, it's hard to say what that other defensive end spot's going to be yet. But, I mean, you yeah. expect the senior transfer from Tulsa with four years of starting experience to be on one side. Um, a lot of redshirt seniors in this group, too. Uh, Colin Clay, probably going to be your backup nose tackle, may play some outside, too. You know, this kind of where it comes in. I don't know what the defensive line is gonna look like. I just know the names of who's gonna be on there. Yeah. Uh, another transfer to watch is Iman Oates, uh, from Northwestern Oklahoma AM. He's 6'3, 310 pounds, and coming from a low level, but when you watched him play, he you saw what you wanted to see when a guy transfers up. He was clearly the best player on the field. You didn't need him highlighted to know which player he was. So I mean, will he get a ton of playing time? He's a junior or will, you know, they want to redshirt him and let him kind of find his way in a higher level since there are so many bodies you can throw out there. Um, okay. This is a group I'm excited about because, I mean, you have mentioned we lost Brock Martin Colin Oliver's moved back. So, I mean, he's semi in this group. A uh, lot of talent, a lot of experience. It's just kind of how it's all going to fit together with the new faces and the new scheme. But I mean, I think yeah. it's, It's been a strength for about the last four years, and I expect that to continue. Yeah, and then one guy you didn't mention, when he was
0: healthy, Trace Ford, played really well for you. Obviously, he transferred to Oklahoma, so we'll talk about him a little bit. But, yeah, so you lost some of that depth, um, especially moving Colin Oliver back, but it'll be interesting to see um with this new scheme how how well yeah. the defensive ends and a uh, defense lineman play as a whole for Oklahoma I think their defensive end is actually going to be pretty good this year where it was not not very good last year it was not very deep um but you have got a, a Ethan Downs and, and Reggie Grimes are both back but they're not going to be starting if I had to guess Downs might start early in the year because he was pretty good especially towards the end of the year but he was not good early in the year but uh, you get Rondell Bothroyd from Wake Forest, um, who was really good at Wake Forest. He, he's yeah. coming in with one year left. Um, I think he's also graded as the number one returning defense alignment in the whole, whole Big 12. Obviously, he didn't play in the Big 12 last year, but of all the people that are back, he was number one. Uh, Trace Ford, a guy like we mentioned with Oklahoma State when he was on the field and healthy. Performed really well, but he was also just a fun player to watch. He is, he's
2: on, he is just a fun player to watch.
0: I would, I would text Landon all the time before Bedlam because he was my favorite player for Oklahoma State uh, to watch uh, when healthy again. He was, he was hurt quite a bit, but we'll see how healthy he can stay. I think this is the R. Mason Thomas breakout year, though. Last year, true freshman, very twitchy, very fast, but he he was, he was small because he was a freshman. He's like 230 220. Man, you saw him in the spring game. He'd already put on like 20 pounds of muscle. We'll see what he's done this offseason as well. So if he can keep that twitch and that speed, I think this is the breakout year for him. Obviously, we've talked about P.J. Auduboware, the five-star defensive end. I think by the season's end, he's probably fighting for a starting spot um, in there because he's just, when you get a talent like that, it's hard to keep them off the field uh, for too long. So, We'll see about that. Then on the inside, they moved Jonah Lulu inside. I don't think they're going to be great inside again, but I think they're serviceable now, whereas last year we had not a lot of depth. We didn't have a lot of guys that really should have been on the field, but had to be on the field. But Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe, who are probably our two best last year, are back this year. We also added Dejon Terry from Tennessee, who started at Tennessee mm-hmm and he's another guy you're not going to have any game changers in the inside in my opinion but you're gonna have a lot of guys that are can just get the job done yeah. um, that are big and he's one of them Grayson Halton I think could have a big year he's a guy that came in at 255 260 for a defensive tackle you don't really want a guy that small but now he's up to 290 um, yeah. in his second year which are going into his second year um, with Schmidt so put on some good weight uh, Phil Paya was a guy that Injuries again, derailed his career at Michigan, derailed his career at Utah State. Now he's coming to OU. Don't know what much that you'll get from him at all. Um, Trying to think of anyone else. If, Like I said, Jonah Lululu is the interesting one because he played defensive end last year and was a pretty good pass rusher, but he wasn't very fast. And so they've slid him inside so he can use that length and stuff and maybe be that pass rusher from the inside. So we'll see what how he uh, does transitioning inside. Everything's been really good um that you've heard so far obviously uh oh likes to go with three down linemen sometimes if they do that i think you will see a bothroid terry and then maybe someone outside that's some speed like R. mason thomas or something like that um or maybe it's it's downs and then you bring R. mason thomas in like an outside linebacker kind of rushing or pj Odebore. so i think the defensive lines can be better uh than last year but it's still they don't have the Overall, they have some game changers on the outside, I think, but they don't have it on the inside. So it's still a work in progress to get to that defensive line that Vittables had at, at Clemson. But it should be much better than what you had last year where they could just gas you up the middle, they could gas you outside because our, our de- defensive ends weren't athletic enough to keep the containment. Um, saw it several times with uh, with uh, Kansas State where Martinez would get out of the pocket and just take off and running third and eighteen. We saw it with the defensive line not being able to catch him. David Aguebu at linebacker wasn't able to catch him either because he was playing out of position, which we'll talk about linebacker in a little um next episode or I guess two episodes from now. So I overall I think it should be better. Zach, what's your thoughts on the D line?
1: Yeah. Uh sorry, fellas. I just want to tell you for everyone listening, my wife is pregnant and she's having her <laughs> baby, I say her baby, our baby on Wednesday or Thursday. Oh well yeah. It better be <laughs> right
2: <laughs>
1: give me heat is red. but so she's uh, she's not feeling too well so I had to go tend to her for a second but uh, yeah I agree with uh, pretty much everything Jaron says I the only thing I halfway disagree with is I think that our defensive tackle position is going to be a lot better this year and the reason for that I really 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 like and I I'm trying not to get too hyped on transfers but I like Sears and I like Terry Terry yeah. is a monster. And I don't think he's a difference. Ma- he's not like a... I'm just throwing a name he's out He's not here.
2: like a game wrecker. Yeah, he's like not a, like he's a Gerald, not, McCoy. Gerald McCoy.
1: Yeah, but he's big enough that he can blow up some plays.
0: Could he be a Gallimore? an Neville Gallimore?
1: Yeah, and that's... I think he could. Yeah, and Gallimore, I mean... He was, was plays, solid. Plays for y'all's Cowboys. Yeah, so he was solid. I mean, he's, he's doing he might work not much
0: <laughs> Yeah, he might get cut this offseason. But but he was solid that last year at Oklahoma. I mean... Yeah, he was. My, my whole thing was, we don't have any... Big time guys like they had at Clemson. Yeah. Not yet, yeah. but that might be coming with the twenty twenty four class. We'll see.
1: But I think they have enough talent, especially for the Big Twelve. That well, they, they got play. the
0: depth. They got depth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which is yeah, like depth is, they, is they,
2: about the most important thing on the. If D-Y. you have yeah.
0: like five or six serviceable defensive tackles, you're fine, and that's and what I'm they with, got now.
2: I'm
1: with Jaron on Jonah. I think Jonah's going to be a lot better than what people think at that because he was just he just wasn't fast, even though he did pick off Spencer Sanders last yeah. year. He's just
2: not very fat. Everyone picked ever. off. I was off about to say, I think Sanders true. at some point that's it not that true. impressive. Especially, but,
0: especially you know, in that I, game, I think even uh, Drake Stoops might have picked him off. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance
2: one of us has picked off. <laughs> yeah.
1: Good point. I was going for it, but but I think Isaiah Coe will be good this year too. I think one of his problems last year was. To me, it felt like he was on the field too much, and those big guys—they got to be coming in yeah. and out. I mean, and it goes back the to
0: the depth that yeah. we just didn't so have last year. They,
1: I feel like they're they, like Jaron said, we don't have that Gerald Gerald McCoy. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Just another like Tommy really Harris. Good, Tommy Harris, yeah. yeah, a really good defensive tackle that's just going to be you know a national player of the year type caliber player. But I think that they have enough guys that can rotate in and out, stay fresh, and really really make an impact um as far as the edge rusher edge rushers go i really like our edge rushers um i and i'm with jaron 100 i'm not trying to just piggyback off everything he says but our mason thomas last year excited me a lot like he is going to be a really good player and i think pj is going to be a lot like he was last year he's young he's quick he probably is a little bit more athletic um so he might make a few more plays but It's going to take him a little bit to really get adjusted to the college game. From what I've heard, um, just, you know, read practice reports, stuff like that. Um, Ethan Downs, I think Ethan Downs can be a lot better if he's not on the field as much, like I said, because the depth of the defensive end position or just the outside rush position is going to be a lot better this year because you've got Ethan Downs, uh, Bothroyd, Rondell, Bothroyd. I think he's going to be a really good player. Trace Um, Ford, if he stays healthy. you got Trace Ford. You can sub guys in and out. I think PJ and R. Mason are going to be like your third down type of ends. They're going to come in and pass rush. They're not going to be those guys that are really going to be like the run stoppers. And like Jaron said, in my opinion, if you have a PJ last year, or even R. Mason, I don't think R. Mason Thomas was on the field on that last play, but Kansas State went on to the Big 12 Championship, and they beat a lot of teams last year, and – they made it to a New Year Six Bowl, and OU beats Kansas State if they don't give up a, what was it, third and 18? Third
0: and 18. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, Martinez just ran around everyone the whole yeah. game. So yeah. I, you don't do that when you have these type of athletes on the end. So you've got those guys. Reggie Grimes. I know Reggie Grimes isn't a stud, but he can make plays. He played made plenty of plays last year. He's probably one of our best edge rushers last year, to be honest with you. Early in
0: the year, then fell off. Yeah, yeah
1: so the depth is there like jaron said i think that they're going to be good i don't think they're going to be elite i don't think they're just going to shut people down with their pass rush but i think they're good enough that it's going to make our secondary look better too because they're going to be able to put some pressure on the quarterback
0: well i think a big issue is people don't realize like how important it is to have your defensive tackles especially 300 pounds or more and you know, in Alex Grinch's system, it was speed D. That's what we heard about. So they got them all down to about 280 because they wanted just the speed and speed and speed. And that was fine because we had all that depth. Well, we lose all four starters from that 2021 team. So there goes our depth. Then we lose the 2022 recruiting class. Basically, a lot of them had left after Lincoln decided to leave. Now, Venables was able to get some to come in last minute, but they just didn't have the depth last year while you're also trying to add weight to them to get them back up to the 300 pounds that they had dropped down to. I mean, some guys were playing at 270, 275, mm-hmm. and at defense tackle, you're just going to get blown off the field at that. You need to be 300, 310. And I remember Gabe Eichert even talked about when you go against guys that are that big, like even, even if they're not very talented, you as a center and a guard are like – I got to deal with this big boy all, all day. I'm going to be worn out, too, because offense linemen, especially your center, don't, they don't rotate in and out yeah. as much, whereas defense linemen can rotate all the time. Uh, so it's important to get a lot of these guys up to around 300. That's why I said Grayson Halton going from 255 to 290 for the for sophomore year is huge. That's a and big And Grayson had a job. really
1: good spring game. He was one of really yes. the bright spots.
0: Well, and he's one they really, That's really like.
1: Great. The spring game. I think he had five. Yeah. Yeah, I think he had, like, five tackles, a sack, and – A couple tackles for loss or something like that. He he looked really
0: good. Well, if you can get up to two ninety, now you're in the ballpark. But yeah. But all right, we're pretty much out of time. So the, this was a fun episode to get in before Wednesday. Uh, does does the R stand for anything or is it literally you know, just R? It's funny because I was trying to find out. Because when you y'all first
2: like. started saying that, you're like, R Mason Thomas. Like, yes, I know he plays for OU. Why are you clarifying that Mason Thomas? <laughs> 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 O-U-R Mason Thomas. You know,
0: it's funny because I've tried to find out what that R stands for and I cannot find it anywhere. Yeah, I
2: searched everything. it just I said... think
0: it's a nickname. Like the R was a nickname and then he just kept the r or something okay but i can't i can't find anywhere but um
2: next but time yeah. we talk
1: i'll have a baby so i know yeah be i'll be excited i be holding her while we're talking sports yeah. she's
0: gonna <laughs> be raised right so he's gonna have to make an appearance but yeah Landon's going on vacation but we'll have that interview for you um next uh Sunday or for this upcoming sunday, sunday. Yeah. then Landon will be gone for next wednesday's podcast mm-hmm. so it'll just be zach and i um i've been talking with josh mcquishan from sooner scoop so maybe we do that interview for next wednesday yeah Um, and work that out. So until next time, we'll see you guys later.
2: See you.